So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I am your host, Fred Penny. Now, Frederick Penny today. Uh, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. Again, 855-529-7234 if you want to join us. This is the most entertaining, exciting, and sometimes informative show on earth. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here in this 2020. Uh, I'm happy to uh, um, um, help support the show 2020 by saying their name over and over and over again for the next year. Uh, and, and that is the best marketing tool in the world for them. Uh, we're going to talk today about Hunter Biden's paternity lawsuit, Washington, state of Washington suing Johnson and Johnson, and why. Uh, we're talking about some big music groups suing documentary filmmaking. Alec Baldwin in the news. We've got to discuss uh, a lawsuit issue with him. Uh, Alec Baldwin wins a victory. We're going to discuss what that victory is. And Captain America actress is having some issues with the law. We're going to discuss. And of course, we do case or no case. This 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 final hour is an interesting one because we do a thing called quick takes. So what Denise, Todd, and I do is we put down kind of the latest and greatest thing that we thought we learned from our three-hour program, and that's always fun. So this third hour is always really quick. We got it. We have to go through these these uh, different legal cases as quick as possible due to the fact that we want to cover as much as possible. It's always toward the end and we just leave too many cases to discuss and we can't get to them. So, but without further ado, let's start the most important part of our whole program, which is case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. Francesca Jelanovic of Lake Hamilton, West Virginia, was terrible with money. Francesca Jelanovic or Jelanovic, I'm not sure which. She was terrible with money, couldn't handle money except to spend it, never saw a credit offer she couldn't sign up for and max out on de- and default on. She was terrible. So one day she called one of those debt elimina- elimination places that came on the radio. She said she'd call them up. And uh, they said, well, it was Professional Reconciliation Services of Del Rio, Texas. And they told her, well, 
Use your budget. Use a budget. Stop borrowing money you can't repay. And they said, we cannot help you out of your credit card debt unless you take our credit counseling class, which will cost you $2,500. But don't worry, we'll take payments. She thought she could just not have to pay off the $12,000 that she had in debt. She said, that's not what you promised. You said in the ad that unsecured debt may be forgiven and that this is the, the truth that credit card companies don't want you to know. So she sought counsel because she felt as though she was getting bamboozled by a credit uh, repair, you know, not a credit repair agency, but you know what I mean. One of those yeah, places. Yeah. So, and I, let's see. I'm trying to think. It's Mr. It's Penny. Me. I yeah. believe you're first. Yes, yeah, put yeah. it with me. I'm a, Again, the uh, the first hour, I believe, we also talked about false advertising uh, issues. The federal uh, Lanham Act right. uh, talks about false advertising. It right. can be false right. or misleading. Right. Uh, it, the falsity has to be material, you know, there, that you had to rely on it. There's all these different... Uh, steps you have to go through, and that's what it sounds like. Francisca is saying that they improperly advertised that you could uh, get rid of my debt. I don't know that they were that dumb, and we don't. I don't have the details of of how they advertised, but to say that we are going to get rid of your debt, I, I don't think it would say that, even without a disclaimer. They do it qualified by saying may, yeah, may. or you know that. Yeah, and so I don't. I I think this is a case, and I think she loses because I think that. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere, and again, I don't have all the details that uh, in the, their advertising that says anything about guaranteeing that they're going she's going to get the money uh, reduced in her uh, in her of her debt. And what's interesting is twenty five hundred dollars for credit counseling debt, Cal. I've got a thing you and I can make money on. I think we just heard it right there, didn't I, we? I'm charging a thousand bucks, and my my Credit card counseling debt is about a four minutes. Maybe I can make it two minutes, but it comes with two things. The first and most important thing that we will teach them, Cal, is don't spend more than you make. Yeah, debt is bad. Right, right, right. Well, right. no. If you make 100 bucks, don't spend 101 right? And don't borrow the last buck That's if exactly you do. Right. Yeah, right, right. And right. I'll just say, here's your, here's your sandwich. Good luck in life. Here, thank you for the thousand bucks. I like it. I think that's All good. Right. I, I think there's money in that, Fred. There is. Case, <laughs> and she loses. Mr. Cunin, what say you? There is a very funny Saturday Night Live skit about this. It, it's about the credit repair services. And he says, don't spend more than you make. And, and the people are like, oh, my gosh. I get, does that really work? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Oh, i got to watch that one. Uh, but, well, look, I'm going to say that this is a case. Because whether or not she is a bona fide, legitimate plaintiff, somebody who is calling these folks, or if I, I, if she's not, I see that th- this to me would be an area there where I could see professional plaintiffs, where a lawyer and a person hook up and they just, okay, we're going to go ahead and go after these people, these people. Like you see sometimes the Americans with Disabilities lawsuits that come around where you have professional plaintiffs that go into a location because they can't be always perfectly compliant, and then the lawsuit follows. So I'll say that that is the case. I was listening very closely to the way you pitched it, Cal, because you used the word may when you said that uh, what credit card companies don't want you want, that you may be able to get out of the debt. And if they said may, I believe that's qualified and that that would protect them. Although the thing that I think makes this case interesting and why you say it, if it is a case, is somehow I'm going to say that the credit card, the counseling service was held liable for some reason. 
that okay. the, I, I don't know what the theory was, but I think the thing that makes this newsworthy is that she sued and that they were held liable for some reason. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's in connection with the fee that they charge. Be curious to know if they took payments on that fee or if it was had to be all up front. But uh, I will say that the credit card company loses. That's smart. And, Denise, what say you about professional reconciliation services of Del Rio, Texas? Do you think they get held on the hook for this by the lovely, uh, well, we presume the lovely Francisca Jelanovic? I think there's too much detail in its snow case. You think it's no case? She's gone for the hat trick on no case guesses today. Ah, well, okay. Well, it didn't work out for We you, have time. By the Can way. we go through it? Or do we I have... know. We, we do. So well, I'm, okay. For those of you who claim that Francesca Jelanovic of Lake Hamilton, West Virginia, filed such a case, may I see by a show of hands, that would be Fred and Todd and... Oh, <laughs> Denise! And that means that Denise is right. I told you way too much information, and that means she gets two points. That was just a made-up one, pal. I set you up. I set you up. But it is, this kind of thing does happen all the time, and you know that. But but it's an interesting pretend case because it, I made the whole thing up. And that, folks, is, for our third hour, case or no case. And for Fred, your score, um, it's just it's oh, not. Oh, yeah. my score. I, well, I've still got three today. No, I got, got three. three you got, got three, three points today. today. Todd got two. I got Denise two, got and Denise two. got two. Oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. gosh. Okay, well, we're going to move on from case or no case. Those of you who are thinking, like, what, what does this have to do? What are these points? Case or no case is uh, basically the three of us are trying to get to 50 points, and the winner, the other two Hosts have to take out to dinner to basically a place of or where wherever they want. we want. Or wherever we want. That's right. Time and the last time I won, and guess what happened? We went to. I, it was a hundred dollar a plate place that Todd and Denise paid for me. Wow. So yes, it was. It was. It was nice. A little less than that. Wow. It was ninety fun. some odd bucks. I looked. Wait, no, you it count was, the it was a little tip, more than that. Uh, it was sure a tip. You, it was a hundred bucks. Tipped. It was more than that. I think it, it was, was eighty nine point nine nine. It was 300 bucks, I thought, with the three, uh, after was, tip. It was, but that was with drinks. <clears throat> well, I didn't oh, drink. Oh, I'm not well. alcoholic, but just drinks. Yeah. Got it, got it. All well, right. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden's paternity case. Denise has some interesting takes on this Hunter Biden's paternity case and a real twist that occurred that she said that is rare, but it has happened. We'll be back after this. It is a strange tale, and we'll uncover it more next on Radio Law Talk right here on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Concussion Medical Clinic knows active people run the risk of the concussion. Soccer, football, even a simple fall can lead to a brain injury. Concussion Medical Clinic can test you before you start a sports program so they can have a baseline and more quickly diagnose a concussion should one occur. They also offer expert witness services if you're involved in a concussion case, and their specialty is the treatment of concussion. So if you have suffered a concussion and want the best concussion care available, give Concussion Medical Clinic a call. 916-259-4043. 916-259-4043. Concussion Medical Clinic. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com lettyandcompany.com I've got to get my car washed this dirt it just won't do but I don't have no time today I don't know what I do and I know this place right down the road quick quack car wash hop inside let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine just come and see I guarantee your ride will steal the show come on quick quack car wash Drive that dirty car. Uh -huh. Quick quack car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Well, the cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Stop whining. That is on the dodo. Oh, come on. This is Radio Law Talk. Remember, seek legal counsel. We're talking about general topics of law. Uh, we're not giving legal advice, but Denise Dirks is uh, a California um, 
uh, family law uh, attorney, and uh, you know, generally every state's a little bit different, but there's some general issues in, in family law that are connected throughout the United States. But Hunter Biden, we want to talk about his paternity case. Apparently this gal was a stripper, is that correct? Or, or may have been? I don't know. I don't, yeah, she uh, was. <clears throat> but go ahead, Cal, put her together. So, but, uh, yeah, he was. she was a stripper, and um, they met, and obviously they consummated a relationship, and the child was born in August of 2018. Uh, she recently filed a paternity matter in Arkansas, seeking custody of the child. Now, notably, she did not seek visitation with the child. And that kind of clipped, if you will, Hunter Biden's wings because he couldn't go in and ask for visitation. He's going to have to now avail himself of the court once again and specifically ask for visitation. Now, this is a young child, so the fact that Hunter Biden doesn't have any contact with his child to me is, is really less important. Because it's only a year and a half, the baby? Not even, a year and four months. <clears throat> so it's it's a very young child. And to be candid with you, he might not have known that he was the father. Right. He might needed proof. And um, so now he's got the proof. It's been determined within a scientific certainty that he's the father. The interesting thing is now she's going after child support. And the issue of Hunter Biden's financial um, you know, his own financial circumstances is directly now at issue with the case. And what is weird about this case is that there is a, a private investigator, if you will, that's trying to assert himself into this case. And he's trying to claim that he has information regarding Hunter Biden um, when he worked for Burisma and literally billions of dollars that Hunter Biden purportedly made in some scheme um, in China. That's his allegations. That's his allegations, pure, simple <clears throat> allegations, not proven. Right. There really was no proof. Um, it was just mere allegations from this one individual who is from Israel. Right. Um, and then asserting himself into the paternity case. What I found interesting about this is, first, paternity matters are not necessarily public in nature. They're more private. Um, and that's to protect the child, right. believe it or not. Right. It's because... Children should not be put out there that they didn't have parents that were married, for example, or that their parents may not have known who the parents were, you know, that type of stuff. So it's really there to protect the child. In this case, it's gone way off the rails, and it's become extremely public, and now they're down to child support. And when this um, Israeli individual tried to join in the matter, um, the judge denied it initially. And completely said, there is no common question of law or fact here. And this is unusual, and it's improper and procedurally. For the other individual to come in. Correct. Because he doesn't really have a stake in this battle at all. And he's pro per. Why don't you explain what that is? Oh, he's self-represented. So he represents himself. He doesn't have an attorney. And he's prepared his own briefings. And he's, you know, said thanks for listening to the judge. Yeah, thanks and stuff like that in the briefs. So here we have this situation then. The next step is that um, the mother, uh, London Roberts, uh, her attorney has asked the court to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of court for withholding financial records. They basically said he's not producing everything. Now, the interesting thing is they're asking for five years of financial records, which, in my opinion, is excessive. Yeah, it's a year. The, uh, let's see, it should be, what, two years and four months worth of the time of exactly. consummation? Exactly. What's interesting... Approximately. Five years corresponds to the time 
that Hunter Biden worked for Burisma. He worked oh. in 2014 to 2019. So there may be a nefarious type of a reason why they're asking for five years. Well, just see if he's got money and he hid it somewhere or something. I, it, it would appear to an outsider, and thank goodness I'm an outsider here, it would appear they're saying, well, maybe he'll just settle with us if we can get the judge to rule with us and embarrass him publicly about this matter. I totally agree. But the interesting thing is the plaintiff's uh, attorney came out on the side of Biden with regard to this intervener. And he said, we agree that there, this out. is no place for this person to come in. This is They have no, no um, stake in this case whatsoever. There's right. no common issue of law or facts. These are only allegations. But they're still seeking five years of his financial records. I do want to uh, just clarify one thing about a very salient part of this story, which is whether or not London Roberts was a stripper. And uh, the allegation that she was actually comes from when she filed her paternity papers. Hunter Biden used to frequent a, according to the reports, used to frequent a strip club in Washington, D.C. Again, these are all, let's make sure, these are all allegations. Everything that we're saying, nothing we're saying, this is factual. This is allegations. So the argument is he met her at this strip club in Washington, D.C. where she was working. Now, the information that this is her and that's where they met comes from other employees of the strip club who said that they recognized her when the paternity case was filed. That's the extent of, oh, she must have worked there. It it doesn't go any further than that, than the employees saying, oh, she looks like the girl that worked here and he used to come here all the time. So she might very well have been, but I have yet to see anything that says, oh, well, here is a schedule that showed she worked here. And And I only say that because in the off chance she is listening, and she wasn't that person. I don't want her thinking that we were saying that no, she was. No, and it doesn't matter yeah. if she's a stripper or not a stripper. The reality is everybody has a right to challenge they do. whether or not they're the parent of a child. They have that right. And um, it, that's all that Hunter Biden's done is he's challenged it. He got the testing. Now he knows. And now he knows that he is he's a father. That's and by the way, his wife currently is also pregnant. So he's going to be a double dad here in a minute. He's a busy guy. And he had, I think, three kids by two or three kids by his previous marriage. Yes, he has several children. Uh, you know what? I, I don't roll around late at night worried about Hunter Biden, what he's doing and how many kids he's got. But, you know, hey, for Radio Law Talk, it makes things interesting, right? right. I think, I think hey. we already know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, stay with us because we've got another little glitch in this case. It's very interesting. Okay. That we need to discuss. Um, and we'll be back after this. Uh, a few fun notes from our uh, from advertisers. Stay tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk coming up on your radio station and always at RadioLawTalk.com, Saturdays, 9 to noon Pacific time.
morning. Don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-814-5108. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden case. Yeah. You had another note you wanted to bring I up in this I do. I totally case. do. So all of this craziness is going on. They've got another request by the Israeli person to intervene. And during this process, before they've held Hunter Biden in contempt of court, before they've heard this the uh, motion by Hunter Biden to strike certain things from the record, um, the judge, who's been the judge since day one, has now recused himself. And it was a sudden recusal. It was one that was not expected. Now, generally speaking, when a judge recuses themselves, it makes people feel more confident in the process because they feel like that judge is holding themselves to a high ethical standard. And if they recuse themselves, something has happened that they feel that they cannot be fair anymore or that they have inside information on something that will make it so that they can't be looked at as an unbiased um trier of fact or judge in the matter and in this particular case we have no clue they don't what know happened. why yeah they have we no have idea. no clue but i think i have i have a suspicion. okay now this is pure speculation Total speculation. speculation pure computer. speculation yeah. this yeah, is ahead. not this is right. not don't take it as the uh, following is speculation and should not be taken as factual exactly, exactly right. i think somehow the person who tried to intervene in the case the Israeli guy. The Israeli guy. I think that he somehow made contact with the judge, whether it was inadvertent or whether it was purposeful, and the judge felt like, you know what, this is too much, and I just don't want to, you know, look like I've had some ex parte, meaning communication with one person but not with the whole other parties, right. and it, it would be improper. Um, either that or maybe the judge something he responded to or reacted to felt like I'm not unbiased. I, I have, have to a recuse much myself. better speculation yeah. than that. Or he's got his golf <laughs> vacation coming up. Go ahead. Well, I, I will say that 
after going into private practice, again, I was a prosecutor nearly my in, entire career. I did employment and labor for the first three or four years. But after going into private practice, having my own law office, I was amazed at the number of times I would be requested. Uh, can I just send a letter to the judge? Can I just can I just go? Can you go talk to the judge? Just, it, the number of people that didn't understand that you can't talk to the judge. You can't send letters to the judge if the other party's not there, absent very specific circumstances, you can't communicate with the judge. It wouldn't surprise me if that were the case here, because that seems to be something lost on people. Oh, mine's better than that. Oh, do tell. What is your spec? pure speculation, The Cal? judge went to the same strip club, and somebody there whispered <laughs> in his ear said, here you go, Your Honor. This is the place of the person oh, we're talking no. about. That's just... Okay, you're <laughs> well, joking. That's a pretty good one. That's a joke. Of course it's a joke. Oh, I'm it's teasing. A joke. I'm oh, just teasing. teasing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're going to probably wonder forever why the judge recused himself. That's not public record ever? Oh, no. It doesn't have to be. It does not have to be. The judge literally does a one line, say, I hereby recuse myself for cause. And, and sometimes, don't some people sometimes say, Your Honor, you should recruit, you recuse yourself? I mean, that happens sometimes, it right? It does. It does. And remember, we talked about this type of thing in the Cosby case. Right. Because we felt like the judge should have disclosed that he had connection with one of the major witnesses in the Cosby case. And he did not recuse himself. And the Court of Appeal in Pennsylvania said Cosby did not timely request a recusal, which... You know, Which I don't agree. I, I don't agree with that, but we're going to see what yeah. happens at the Supreme yeah, Court level he, he of that didn't state. Know. Cosby didn't know. That's why. It's, it's well, the presumably judge. he may because he's the one that brought the witness forward. Yeah. So that witness should have told him about know. that, perhaps. That we're, we're off the side because people off. don't know what we're talking about. But we're yeah. following the Cosby deal. We always thought it may be overturned. But in November of this past year, a judge in Oklahoma directed Johnson & Johnson to pay the state of Oklahoma, ready for this, $465 million to address the opi- opioid crisis. So in other words, the judge hammered Johnson & Johnson, I'm sure this is going up on appeal, and said pay $465 million because of the op- opioid crisis in that state and that state, because that state had to cover so many, you know, medical issues because of it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, uh, jumping on the back of that, you got the state of Washington is now suing Johnson & Johnson saying the same thing, that though their drugs were effective for, that, you know, they're effective for treating pain, and, but um, they're trying to claim that they, they misrepresented some of the advertising or, and or went out and pushed uh, this drug on uh, the people of the state of Washington. And they misrepresented the addiction to the drug. That's really the specific right. part that was misrepresented because they said there was very little risk of addiction uh, to this drug. Well, so I'm going to hop on the side of the defense here for Johnson & Johnson. And it, it, this is what I was at first. These products, these opioids, they don't sell them in the stores directly to the public. You cannot buy them without a prescription. Now, I, I've had three back surgeries, two back surgeries in the last 10 years, and I have been prescribed opioids to deal with the pain. Thank heaven. It was excruciating. And they, they helped out a lot to help me get through that period. And guess what? 
the risk of addiction was thorough. And this goes back to 2010. The right. risk of addiction was thoroughly explained to me by my treating physician. The risk of addiction was thoroughly explained to me by the pharmacist when I picked up the prescription. And I had to have it refilled multiple times, and it was explained to me every time I picked it up. So to say that in advertising, that the advertising would supersede what was told people by their physicians, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think I can remember ever seeing an ad in print or on television for opioid medication. I don't remember ever seeing one. The only time I've ever heard about it is from my physician, and they explained everything to me. And now we're going to talk about why this Washington State case is limited to the years 1997 to 2011, because during that specific time frame, the opioids were being marketed to the doctors to prescribe them, Mm -hmm. and the doctors were being told this is a new type of uh, drug that's going to absolutely take care of and manage pain without any risk of addiction. And it wasn't until 2011 that it started to become out very popular that this was an addictive drug. We're talking about OxyContin in specific. Yes. And um, and that's when things started to turn around and they started to understand this huge thing. But before that, they didn't know. Right. Uh, by they, I mean the doctors were actually told something other than. Well, that was primarily because they were told that you had a specific length of time between doses, which would have kept the risk of addiction down. But it came to find out that if they thought this was a 10-hour dose of an OxyContin pill, for example, it didn't last 10 hours. So people took more, and then that started feeding the and addiction. those are the allegations. Yeah, those yeah. Are yeah. allegations. That's right. Correct. And the allegations yeah. also were that the drug maker did not stop and think about when somebody would cut it up. Because then what happened is these, these pills started getting cut up, and then it took away this time release thing, and it started becoming immediate. Exactly. And, and I should also say the OxyContin, now look, Opioids have been a scheduled narcotic in both whatever state you're in, there's a schedule, and and on the federal level. They have been a scheduled controlled substance subject to illegal possession and if you don't have a prescription for decades. I mean, it's, it's been that way for so long. However, OxyContin was created and marketed in 1996. And so that's why you would have the 97. It, it was in different forms, but still, to any physician, what are the active? In, I, I mean, ask, just ask the question: What are the active ingredients in this? Well, it's an opioid base. Okay, <laughs> if it's opioid based, if it's opium based, then there's going to be an addictive component to it. And you know, I, I just and why Johnson see. Johnson? They're they're the uh, the bigger. They they have the majority apparently. I, maybe they I supplied the components to make the Got actual. It. Yeah, and, yeah. But I think there's other other companies that do also. But I don't. I don't. I think I remember we talked about it. But here's what's interesting: the Attorney General's Office of the State of Washington, Mr. Ferguson, I believe is his name. Is that right? It's Ferguson. Yes. He said the following, and this is interesting: in 2011, at the peak of sales, more than 112 million daily doses. Of op- opioids were dispensed, 112 million a day. Which far exceeded the public. That was like two or yeah. three times the amount of people in the state. That's interesting. When we come back, we're going to talk about 
uh, some uh, Alec Baldwin. Let's talk about Alec Baldwin. We also want to talk about uh, what else, Todd? We- Mo- Molly Fitzgerald, the uh, Captain America actress, small role, charged with murder. Yeah, we're going to talk about those two and many more, and we got quick takes. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you for listening to Radio Law Talk, and we remind you that we are live 9 to noon Pacific every Saturday. You can always tune us in live at radiolawtalk.com anytime you like. You can also listen to previous shows right there. Stay tuned. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Concussion Medical Clinic knows active people run the risk of the concussion. Soccer, football, even a simple fall can lead to a brain injury. Concussion Medical Clinic can test you before you start a sports program so they can have a baseline and more quickly diagnose a concussion should one occur. They also offer expert witness services if you're involved in a concussion case, and their specialty is the treatment of concussion. So if you have suffered a concussion and want the best concussion care available, give Concussion Medical Clinic a call, 916-259-4043, 916-259-4043, Concussion Medical Clinic. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108. 
That's 800-814-5108. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed. Make it quick quack. Pretty shiny sexy just because I want to. Don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick whack them, spruce her up, just like that. You'll be happy, looking snappy, you'll be glad you was asked a quick whack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick whack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck. Get on the road, come visit the dock. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Boys are weird. This is Radio Law Talk. I know it's a sad day for everybody out there right now because it's our last segment of the three hours. It blows by, uh, uh, just goes by so fast. But Alec Baldwin, we we brought this up in November 2018 that an individual in New York, I can't even pronounce his name. It's so long. I'm not going to pronounce the individual's name. There was a dispute over uh, of a parking spot in Manhattan. Apparently this guy, according to Alec, uh, stole his parking spot. And uh, Alec was worried about him running over his wife, and they got in an altercation. And uh, uh, Baldwin denies ever hitting him. And <clears throat> for some reason, the police uh, and the other individual claimed that he did, that he hit him, I believe, in the jaw or somewhere. And uh, the Manhattan DA's office charged him with third-degree attempted assault and second-degree <clears throat> harassment. So January, Baldwin pleads guilty to the second-degree harassment. And that was the criminal matter. Um, that's the criminal matter. And but the guy sued him for uh, under uh, uh, the the uh, not criminal but on um, civil action uh, for basically slander, assault and battery and slander per se. Now, without getting into details about slander per se, Alec was apparently on a show, and I don't remember what show it was, but he mentions basically on the show that he was worried about his wife being run over by this guy. And, um, and seriously injured. And seriously injured. And so this guy sues, saying, look, you know, this is uh, suing for assault and battery and slander per se. Don't forget, now the burden of proof has fallen to this individual on a lower standard. Uh, it's not as high a standard as criminal, but he has to prove all these things true. And so what happens here is um, uh, that the judge basically says, uh, you know what? I don't think you got yourself a very good claim here. Yeah, Baldwin actually filed a motion to dismiss the slander case or the slander portion of this case, um, and he won um, on the motion to dismiss because slander per se is something you have to allege, something against the other person that is criminal in nature or so outrageous in nature that it's going to damage their reputation. And because... All he said was that he was worried 
that this other driver was going to seriously injure his wife and run her over. That's not really slander per se. It's not right. saying, you know, he's a he's a fraudulent uh, criminal or he's, you know, he's not calling him a criminal name or saying his conduct was criminal in nature. Right. Well, one of the other things is truth is always a defense to a slander or a, a libel claim, right? And so you look at what he said. He said, quote, I thought he was going to run my wife over. And that's true. He did think that. He didn't say he was going to run over my wife. He said, I thought he was telling people what his thought process was at the time. And I think he's completely truthful in that statement. Yeah, I thought that was going to happen. Yeah, because she had been saving that parking spot for Alec. Yes. And then that guy just How pulled into the spot. How do you do that? Do you, you stand there? Sure. And that, she's yeah. just standing yeah. in the parking? Yeah. No, that, that was my whole point is that in New York, in California, we say that water's for drinking. I mean, the whiskey's for drinking and water's is for fighting over. And in New York, it's whiskey's for drinking and parking spaces are worth fighting over. That's exactly right. right. So no, it's impossible to right. find those. So his wife was apparently standing in the parking yes. spot and this guy just pulls in. He did. and pulled in right in front of Alec, which, you know. It could anger people yeah. because there's so shortage of parking. Well, there but you go. The rest of the case is going on, so yeah. we'll have to follow with the rest of the case. So, why is the cap? What's going on with Captain America? So, there was an actress in the Captain America movie, the first one. She played in IMDb International Movie or Internet Movie Database. She is credited as playing Stark Girl, and this would be, if you know the. If you know the film, this would be the younger version of Tony Stark, the Tony Stark version from World War II, that era, not the, uh, or actually uh, Tony Stark's father. That's who it Wait a was. minute, so Wait. she's the, so, I, I thought he's, how could she be a guy then? I don't, what do you mean? She, she, no, she, she's girl. not. She's a Stark, Stark girl. girl. So, so in the movie, Tony Stark is Iron Man, but right. Tony Stark's dad is a very accomplished scientist and wait, he wait, worked. Wait, 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 it was Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, I know. Listen up, listen up, follow oh, you're along. you're going to connect me. <laughs> follow along here, follow along. Don't mess with Todd on movie knowledge. Yeah, don't mess with Todd's <laughs> movie because he is the guru. Captain America was created as a science experiment by Tony Stark's father, Howard Stark, back during World War II. And they gave the weak guy all the drugs and he became out buff and he became Captain America. And oh. Tony Stark's father was also a hobnobbing celebrity with a bunch of people that really liked him. And she played one of his girls circa oh. World War II. Small part, small part, although she did have a couple of scenes with the actor who played Howard Stark, Tony Stark's dad. Well, she lives in Kansas. Her mother was apparently relocating from Houston to Olathe, Kansas. Olathe. Olathe, Kansas, yep, Kansas. And on, I believe, the 20th of December, there was an altercation between the two of them, and she is accused of killing her mother, stabbing her mother. She's charged with second-degree murder. She didn't flee the scene. She was there when law enforcement showed up. She was treated for minor injuries. She was set for arraignment two days ago, and this is where it gets kind of interesting. At arraignment two days ago, she told the judge that she had graduated from the University of Houston Law School and that she wanted to represent herself uh. in this case. Now, in my experience, there's only two reasons well, three. One, you have somebody who's completely crazy. So I'm, I'm like the guy that we talked about in the previous cases. The the. Well, we can't call someone crazy, yes. but doing but, something. But there's not smart. There's two reasons why somebody would do that. One would be that they think that 
they have a complete defense and that once everybody hears everything that happened, this is going to go away and I'm going to be released. Or two, they think, I don't need to spend a bunch of money for the attorney because I'm good for it and just go ahead and make the offer. As an attorney, I can tell you that if it's either of those two things, rethink your strategy and hire an attorney because either way, you want to try to get the best deal possible or you will need assistance in making sure that you can get your case out there. I don't know what happened between the two of them. We could read the tea leaves till we're blue in the face. It's a tragic incident, uh, but we'll follow it. And she died? The mom died? The mother 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 died. died. Well, she's probably going to claim self-defense that they got some sort of... Well, more than likely, it's kind of like the tea leaves between the writing here, is that it looks like that. she She was relocating during the holidays. The obituary says she survived by her husband, who didn't appear to be relocating with her from Houston to Kansas. And he owns a law firm. He owns a law firm, and, you know... You just don't know what happened there, but there does appear to have been an altercation. And and look, she's charged with second-degree murder, which is not the premeditated. Second-degree murder is it can happen as a result of an argument. Right. It may even ultimately end up being manslaughter, if that's the case, looking at the elements in the state of Kansas. But we'll follow it to keep you up to speed. We're going to talk really quickly. This is one we're going to follow, but we have to just bring up briefly, which is there is going to be a huge lawsuit. It's actually started that it's going to uh, a lot of the big rock legends and powerful rock uh, bands, U2, Elton John, Rolling Stones, are represented by uh, you know um, individual or companies, and and they are suing a documentary company. Now there are issues about documentaries that you can use for documentary purposes certain things, and there and and that's another discussion that'll take a long time that we'll bring up later. But as of now, they're suing a UK-based producer and a uh, Marina Del Rey-based distributor uh, film company that's saying in your documentaries you're using our inf- all of our you know product that's copyrighted. So right, and and they're using like the best of the songs and they're right. putting it in there and they're incorporating it in the documentary and even showing scenes of live performances. Right. So they're gonna that, that lawsuit started up. We're gonna follow it, but more importantly than that, Cal, we've got the most important thing at the very end of our three-hour program, which is what. Well, it is, of course, quick takes, and if I had the quick take music pad, we'd do that, but instead we'll just come up with a surrogate. Sure. And we'll give uh, Mr. Kunin the chance to proffer his quick take All right. here today. Here we go. Your friend or family member is in pain, and you have some leftover hydrocodone or Oxycontin in your medicine cabinet. So being a good friend, you give them some for the pain. Guess what? You just committed a felony. It's one of the most commonly committed felonies around that cross-sections all walks of life. Don't do it. Is it ever prosecuted? Mr. Penny, what is your quick take? Given the fact that Hawaii is requiring kids' meals to have the option of a healthy drink, I think kids from now on are going to say, I'll order number one instead. <laughs> Denise, do you have a quick take that you like to do, share with us? I do. I do. I struggled with quick takes every single week, so this time my quick take is this: May 2020 be the best year of years for all of our listeners. Thank I, you for joining I us. Love it. See you. All right. Thanks, Fred. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for being here with us on Radio Law Talk. It's time for us to say farewell. Until next time. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. (laughs) 